I love that verse. Aren't you thankful today that God is with us instead of God against us? No, God is for us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? I want to right now, I want to welcome everyone that's watching online as we stream. I want to welcome Navar. Let's put our hands together. Let's give a big shout out to Navar. We're so proud of you guys. So glad that every one of you came. I want to tell you something. Last week, Navar, I mean, they didn't just show up. They showed out. They showed out. And I'm so excited. I got to be there early this morning. Got to pray with Pastor Alex and Tyler and a couple other leaders. And God is going to do and continue to do amazing things, more than we can even think or imagine. And I'm so pumped about that. I want to give a shout out to the band over there. Let's give it up for Tyler and the band in Navarre. You guys every week do an amazing job. And we're weekly now. We are weekly. You know, thank, yeah, come on. Thank God for favor. Thank God for favor. We prayed for that high school. God gave us the high school. You know, last week, Navarre Press was there, did a free write-up. You know, just thank God for favor. When favor's your favorite flavor, you're cooking. You're cooking with Crisco, and God is just blessing us. I want to tell you something, church. We almost broke 1,000 last Sunday. 1,000. One zero 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 last Sunday. And, and if you say, oh, I can't believe you're all about the numbers, let me just be very honest and upfront. We are all about the numbers because every number represents a person, and every person has a story, and every story matters to God. So who do you think would not want God's church to grow and get bigger, Jesus or Satan? Satan. Jesus wants his kingdom to get bigger. Jesus wants us to occupy. Jesus wants to, us to spread out and to enlarge. And I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, we are Momentum Church, and we are a community of Jesus followers who together, we can't do it without you, who together are an unstoppable force for good. And because of God's spirit, we're driven to change the world. And I'm so glad to be a part of it today. I feel like preaching. Did you come today? Is your heart ready? Is your heart ready today? We're going to start a brand new series entitled Look and Live. It's going to be a short series. I don't know I've ever done a series that was, that was only a two-week series, but it's going to be a two-week series entitled Look and Live. You don't want to miss a week of it. And then two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we are going to talk about something in the month of February that's going to arrest your attention. We're going to talk about sex. And so I want you to know ahead of time so that you can make sure the kids are where the kids need to be. Let me just say it two weeks out. But we are going to jump into a series in the month of February, and we're going to talk about it. We, I preached a message, like one message on that during our, our uh, married series but we're going we're gonna to do a series on it. You don't, whether you're single, whether you're single and have a boyfriend or girlfriend, whether you're, uh, if, if you're a, a teenager, you want to listen to this. If, uh, if you're divorced, if you wish that you were with somebody else and you're fantasizing about somebody else, wherever you are, if you're here and you're confused what the Bible says about marriage what the biblical definition of marriage is, you don't want to miss it. I promise you, that's in two weeks. And on that Sunday, I'm asking for your help. On that Sunday, I'm believing God for double Sunday. 
See, you'll be able to invite your friends to come to church and hear a message on sex. All right? They might be interested in that. Who isn't, right? So they might actually come. And so that's going to be double Sunday. You don't want to miss it. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. We're going to double here. We're going to double in Navarre. So mark that on your calendar. Make sure you bring something to take notes with. Today, we're jumping in John chapter 1. You got your Bibles? Let's go there. John chapter 1. I'm probably going to talk a little faster today because I want to end a little earlier today. And all God's people said. And all God's people said. Come on. There we go. But how many have ears to hear today what the Spirit of God is ready to say to the church? How many came to church to hear what God wants his people to know? How many are here ready to see Jesus today? That's what I'm wondering. Have you ever seen something? You saw it and it was cool, but then when you really saw it, like maybe you saw this vehicle that captured your attention, but then you test drove it and you got inside and you shut the door and you put on the seatbelt or maybe... Maybe uh, you took it out on the road and you started driving the way it handled. Maybe for some of you, it was a Harley Davidson. Guys, some of you guys here, some of you gals, nothing wrong with that. Maybe you got on a Harley Davidson and you're like, man, my Yamaha and everything, but the Harley, the the heart, I mean, it's just, it's an experience. If you've never done it, just, just trust me. I got to ride my cousins one time and whoo, buddy, that'll heal you. So maybe that's you. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you're a mom. You got three kids and it was a minivan. At the other end of the spectrum. And all the fathers like, please help me here. We're battling. You know, Steph and I promised when we got married, we would never buy a minivan. I just believe in keeping my word. And uh, she's begging me like a minivan, minivan, you know. Nothing wrong with minivans, right? If you're, if you're uh, you're a parent, you have kids, man, they're easy. You hit the button, the door's open. I mean, Starbucks is right there. They serve just the, right there on the fob, just all the, the buttons on that minivan, the things that that minivan can do these days. It's amazing. Um, maybe, maybe that's not you, so I haven't connected with you yet. But maybe you like to go boating or fishing. And so you saw the new boat, and you saw it online, but when you went to the dealership, and you just kind of run your fingers just over it, just, <laughs> and all of a sudden you pictured you in it. See, it's one thing to look and see something, but it's one thing to really see something. And today I want to, I want to bring a story to you about Jesus. Now we always give the gospel at the end because that's what I'm called to do. I'm called to give the gospel. You know what happens when the preacher preaches the gospel? Believe it or not, sometimes people get upset and leave. That's all right, because I'm doing what I'm called to do. Sometimes when you preach the gospel, Satan will get angry, and he'll try to bring hell against you. But that's okay, because we're called to preach the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel. And you know what? People every week are giving their life to Jesus Christ, and it's not because of us, but all because of him. And as long as I have breath, I'm going to preach the gospel. Going to preach it. The gospel is the good news. You see, you don't have to keep going through life struggling. You don't have to keep going through life letting life beat you down. You don't have to go through life and let addictions rule and reign and tell you when and how and where. You don't have to live that life because Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. That gives us hope, and we are free. We are not not slaves to sin anymore. 
We are free to live victoriously. That's why I raised my, my hand like this when we were singing. Holy, holy, holy. Man, we are winners. Did you know that today? If you're a Jesus follower, if Jesus has made you new, you are a winner, not a loser. You're the head and not the tail. The enemy has already been defeated. The enemy has already been defeated. You're a winner. Did you hear me today? You're a winner. And so we're going to look at John the Baptist who looks at Jesus. What's funny is in John chapter 1, he didn't at first kind of recognize him. You know, sometimes God isn't exactly like we think he should be. And what do you do? What do you do when God doesn't do what you think he should do? What do you do when God doesn't look like what you think God should look like? What do you do when you come across verses in the Bible that's God's holy word, but you don't like it? What do you do? What do I do? Let's look here in John chapter 1. And I'm excited today to preach a message, and the title is The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Our text is found in John 1, 29. We got the verses on the screen. Many of you got your Bibles, you got your tablets, your smartphones. If you don't have a Bible, please go to Uversion, download it. It's a free app. It's a gift from Life Church. Download that. Get in God's Word. You know what? The, the, the greatest burden of my heart is for our church, for everyone, whether you're watching online, you're in Navarre, you're here in Gulf Breeze, for everyone, whether you're in California or Memphis, whether you're in Nashville or Tampa, wherever you are watching today, my burden as a pastor of momentum is to get us in the Word of God. If we will just get in the word of God, it's amazing what will happen. We're going to look at God's word here. Would you stand, please, out of respect? John chapter 1, 29 through 30, and verses 32 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, look. He tells everyone to look. I don't think that everyone there that day, it wasn't that they didn't see him, but it's all of a sudden that someone who, who didn't see him and recognize him at first, all of a sudden now is seeing him, and he's drawing attention to Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We are called to direct people's attention to Jesus. Let me preach for a minute. Is that all right? Like, we draw attention. I do, at least. I, if, if you're like me and I'm like you, I think we're like each other. Is that cool? Like, we take, anyone here, you take pictures of your food, and you put it on Instagram. Anybody. Facebook. Social media. And you want people to, like, we're not, we're not trying to make other people jealous, right? We're just thankful. <laughs> What's that? Tomorrow. That's, I'm sorry. We better stop that. That's right. By the way, last day of our fast today. Come on. Hey, you know what? Scripture, forgive me, I'm going to go on a trail for a second, but this is a holy trail. Um, scripture says this, that when you fast in secret, the Spirit of God, God Almighty, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Somebody put your hands together if you're excited to be rewarded openly. Listen, I'm telling you, you watch, you watch all the way to December 31st. And whether you fasted one day, one meal, three days, a week, or 21 days, you watch and see if God 
doesn't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And when it happens, you'll say, I know. I know how that happened. I know how that happened. Because God saw me and now has rewarded me openly. You hear what I'm saying? There's no reason we ought to almost been at a thousand last week. We're truly not even three years old as far as having gatherings. That's crazy. But God will reward a church that fasts and prays. And God will reward a family that fasts and prays. And God will reward a single father or a single mom that fasts and prays. God rewards fasting and prayer. So that, that was the holy trail. Um, but if you like me, you take pictures of our food and we put it out there. And we draw people's attention to things like what we just ate, what's for dinner. But as Christians, Jesus has called us through the power of the Holy Spirit to draw attention to someone greater than anything. And that's Jesus Christ. That is the message of the gospel of grace that I cannot earn it, can't go to church enough, can't read my Bible enough, can't pray enough, can't cry enough, can't do any of those things enough to get to God. But because of his unmerited favor, I can receive something that is free for me but was not cheap for him. And it's not only eternal life, it's life today in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So let's as Christians know that we are also to tell people, look to Jesus. That's why we have invite cards. That's why we have invite cards. We Just an invite card, something as little as an invite card in the power of God, are you kidding me, can change generations. When a family comes and a kid gets saved and then mama gets saved and the brother gets saved and the sister gets saved and then all of a sudden daddy gets saved, watch out. I'm not talking about just a family. I'm talking about generations. Are you with me today? Let's point people to Jesus. And John says, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He didn't just come to cover sin. He came to cleanse it, to delete it, to dump it. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. And John says this. He Takes away the sin of the world. Big picture. He is the one I was talking about when I said a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he, Jesus, existed long before me. Do you know in the Old Testament there were pre-appearances of Jesus Christ. Christophanes. Is a big theological word. It's when Jesus, you remember a couple men were in the fire. And all of a sudden three were thrown in. But all of a sudden the, there were four in there. And they were walking about. They were okay. When the, when the guards that threw them in died from the heat. But all of a sudden they're, dance, you know, they're, they're moving. They're dancing around. They're like, right? Right? They are okay. Why? Because Jesus was right there. Then John testifies. This is John the baptizer. The cousin of Jesus. And he testifies and he says this. I saw the Holy Spirit. That's, that is part of the Trinity. God the Father. God the Son. That's Jesus. God the Holy Spirit. I saw the Holy. And he is holy. The Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven. And resting upon him. That him is Jesus. That's why it's capitalized. Why? Because Jesus is not only God's son. But he is God. I didn't know he was the one. Do you see this? He didn't recognize him. What do you do when you don't recognize him? 
What do you do when something's happening in your life and you're crying and begging to be delivered from it, but God is doing it for you? Not trying to do it to you. You just don't understand the view from the tower. But God is preparing you. God is getting you ready. And John says, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. He didn't see a dove. He saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Go back, please. I'm sorry. Thank you. And resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but watch this. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus. So, look. Look. He says, I saw this happen to Jesus. So, I testify that he, Jesus, capitalized, is the, not a. That's where religion screws up. Religion will include Jesus. They just won't exclude everybody else. Religion says, oh, we can have a bunch of ways to heaven, a bunch of ways to get to God. But see, that's religion, man reaching to heaven, trying to figure out God, writing all the rules to get to God when God reached down from heaven and sent his son, Jesus. And that's why he had the power to say, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, no man, no woman, no president, no on and on and on it goes, comes to the Father, but by me. He said, I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Today, I want to preach a message entitled, The Lamb of God. Thank you. You may be seated. The Lamb of God. I want to look at a couple of things. I hope that you'll take notes today. I want to talk to you about John. This was John the baptizer, his cousin. I want to talk to you about John's calling. John's calling. John's calling, number one, was to prepare the way for Jesus. He was a forerunner. He was to prepare the way for Jesus. And when Jesus showed up, he was to get out of the way. See, if you and I will learn to get out of the way, Jesus can do greater things. Number two, showing the way to Jesus. Not only preparing the way for Jesus, but John the baptizer was sent so he would show. He's now showing the way to Jesus. But then number three, he was getting out of the way of Jesus. Getting out of the way of Jesus. Number one, preparing the way for Jesus, John the baptizer. Number two, showing the way to Jesus. And number three, getting out of the way of Jesus. Now, here's reality defined. John knew who he was, and John knew who he wasn't. And John knew who he was, and John knew who he wasn't. John's take on John. John Chapter 1, verse 20, he says, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Messiah. Write this down. Knowing who I am, not. Knowing who I am, not. Helps me understand who I am. You know who I am? Not just a, a, uh, you know, the founder and leader of Momentum Church. You know who I am? I am a servant and worshiper of the Lord Most High. That's who I am. Who are you? Do you know who you are today? If you're here, you're in your early 20s, your early 30s, your early 60s, and you're trying to find yourself. 
You're not sure who you are. All you have to do is understand who he is and who you are not. And then all of a sudden you'll start to understand who you are. Who you're made to be and meant to be. Knowing who I am not helps me understand who I am. John's take on John, he said, I'm not the Messiah. But I want you to notice John's take on Jesus. This is 29 and 30. He says, look. Now, this is John saying who Jesus is. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one. Singular. The one. But you know what's awesome is Jesus' take on John. Because Jesus also had a take on John. It's found in Matthew eleven eleven. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. You see, Jesus came to be a perfect sacrifice because sin demands sacrifice. So Jesus became sin's substitute. That's why he came. He came to seek and save that which was lost. You know, one of the most frustrating things, I'll be honest with you, I'm just going to preach. Is that all right? One of the most frustrating things that I have found in my life as a pastor is when you're reaching people for Jesus. And sometimes mature Christians, or so they think so, might be spiritual babies. They've gone to church for a long time. But they never, never transition from the milk to the meat. When they say, well, you know, I just, you know, you, you know, you are for like, this church is for uh, people that don't need Jesus. I need a church to help me go deeper. I need to understand deeper. Man, whenever someone says that, there's a red flag. Because we are, if Jesus came to seek and save the lost, what in the world should a mature Christian be doing? I think we just preached. Don't ever say that. Don't ever let some little hang up or some little broken fingernail or some little, well, I'm just, you know, about this. And you know what? We're just going to go to church that, you know, we just need something deeper. You know, you're, you're, you're a better church for people trying to reach God. Isn't that what the church is supposed to be doing? Did I misunderstand something? Did I not get the memo? I thought his church was supposed to be going after the same purpose, the same mission that Jesus was on. That was to seek and to save that which was lost. So when someone says, you know, we, we, you know we're going to lead the church. And we just need something deeper. You know, I could preach deeper. I could give you the Greek. And I could bore you to death. And you could go to sleep. And you know what? The devil would love to keep rocking you to sleep. Or I can stand here and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, challenge you to bring friends, and and tell you that the greatest thing you can live your life for is not for your stuff or your crap, but live your life for something that's far out going to last that stuff and reach your friends and your families for Jesus. That is deeper. That is deeper. Hop off. I love Jesus. You love Jesus? But Satan will lie to you. Listen, Satan lied to Adam and Eve. You don't think he's going to lie to you? You crazy. You crazy. They were perfect. And God knows we ain't, we're not perfect, are we? If he tricked perfect people, you don't think he confuses stupid people? Oh, it just got real. He said that. You don't think he confuses smart people? You don't think he confuses rich people or poor people? He don't care. 
He has a plan, and it is to still kill and destroy your life. But Satan too many times lies to people. They get out of the church for whatever crazy reason. They get out, and then all of a sudden, Satan sifts them like wheat because he walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when you're not protected underneath the Lord's authority, when you're not in church, when you're not doing life with other Christians, when you're not in the Bible, when you're not on your knees, Satan will sift you like you're nothing. And I've watched it happen. I've watched it happen for years. And then you see that same family in Publix. You see that same family in Walmart. You see that same family in the mall. Only there's half of them. Because now all of a sudden, Satan got in the middle. My God, I'm preaching today. Listen, we need to look at Jesus so we can live. John says, look. And I want to tell you something. When Jesus gave his take on John, I want to live like that. Don't you, don't you want to get out of the way? I want to get out of the way. Sin etched a stain that only could be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And I'm thankful today for the blood of Jesus. Because without the blood, the death angel doesn't pass over. Listen to this. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Like you do know that, right? And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long, long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed For your sake. Listen, the Lamb of God was predicted. Write this down. Isaiah 53, 7. Read it later. He was uh, predicted. He was also, John 1, 29. He was presented to Israel. Number three, Acts 8. Read this later. Acts 8, 32 through 35. Scripture says he will be preached to the world. Do you know Jesus is being preached today to the world? Do you know that? The Bible tells us that Jesus would not come back until the world could hear. Do you know we live in a day and age where the world is hearing? There are more people coming to Christ in China than you could ever imagine where Christians are being martyred. But the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church. He's not only preached to the world, but he is praised forever. And I'm going to read a passage in just a minute from Revelation 5, verse Six. As the band comes, we're going to sing the Revelation song one more time. And as they come today, I want to ask you this question. And this is your takeaway. What do you see when you? What do you see when you look at Jesus? What do you see? Do you see him high and lifted up? Do you see him as holy? Or do you see him as just your butt? Nothing wrong. He is our friend. Or do you see him as a good teacher? Do you see him as a Messiah? Or do you only see him as a man? When you look at Jesus, what do you see? Do you see the Jesus that you want to see? To fit your lifestyle. Thank God for people who have courage 
to stand up and still say, this, thus saith the Lord. Like, this is what God said. And let God be true and man be a liar. Because, you know, we live in a day and age of tolerance where everything should be tolerated. Everything, man. You don't like that? That's your problem. Like, doesn't it sometimes make you sick? Doesn't it sometimes just make you a little sick? But the answer is not in the White House, Democrat or Republican. Second Chronicles gives us the secret, and it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. You know why America's going down some wrong paths? I'm not saying down the drain, down some wrong path. You know why? Because God's people haven't yet humbled themselves. When God's people can't even step out for prayer, something's wrong. We got to humble ourselves. We got to pray. We got to seek God's face. When was the last time you really sought his face? Are you, are you just kind of caught in just the game? It's not a game, my friends. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. And there is something so real, yet so unseen, and yet so eternal. And we're in a fight. And we're victorious because of the blood of the Lamb. If you're a Jesus follower today, get up. Get up. Get up. And begin to get in the word and get strong and become someone that knows that your strength is from above. That you in and of yourself don't have the power. But every time you plug in to the word, every time you plug into prayer, every time you plug into the power of the Holy Spirit, The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is in you. And if God is for us, and memo to momentum, God is for us. He's for us. He is for us, not against us. Let's worship him. Would you bow your heads right now? want to lead in prayer, close in prayer. God, we love you today, and we worship you because you are holy. You are worthy. We don't even get it, God. I don't even get it. Sometimes I get so focused, and I look at so many things, and I forget to keep my eye on the prize. God, help me to keep the main thing the main thing. Forgive me. For where I go wrong. Forgive me for where my tongue has messed me up. Forgive me for where my attitude has been astray. God, forgive me where I have found it hard to forgive others. And not only forgive my sins, God, but forgive the sins of your people. And may today, the beginning of the year, God, may we dedicate 2015 to you, Jesus. To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that's within us. We love you, Lord. Today, the last day of the fast, we proclaim that the blessings from this fast will last in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.
Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represented the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang, they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it for you you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests to our God and they will reign on the earth then then I looked again and, and I heard the voices of, of thousands and, and, and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders and they sang, oh, they sang a mighty chorus. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And, and then I heard, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and, and under, under the earth and every creature in heaven and on earth. And oh, they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever and ever. And the four living beings said, amen. And amen. And the 24 elders fell down and they worshiped the Lamb.
He is holy. And I hope you look today. And I hope the rest of your week, you see him in the little things, in the quiet moments, in the difficult times, in your happiness and joy, in your pain. But I want to want to give people a chance to respond today to the gospel. Would you bow your heads real quick? Listen, if you're here, Jesus is not your Savior. Today is your day. If you're here today and you've tried religion, you've tried religions, you are so confused. It's like a current has pulled you under and you don't know which way is up. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way back to God. He is the truth about God. And he is eternal life from God. Jesus is the way. You say, well, Tim, I don't understand everything. Me neither. But Jesus is the way. Say, Tim, well, then why did this happen? I don't know. But Jesus is still the way. Well, Tim, someone at church sometime hurt me a long time ago, but Jesus is still the way. Well, there was this person that was a Christian, and to be honest, man, I couldn't stand him, but Jesus is still the way. Do you know him today? He died for you. He shed his blood to cleanse our sin. And you don't have to understand everything about the Bible to be a Christian. I don't understand everything about the Bible, and yet I'm a Christian. You have to understand that you are a sinner that needs a savior. That's why you never went to school to learn how to lie still, how to hate, how to gossip, how to lie and things that just came naturally, how to be disrespectful to your parents. None of us went to school to learn. It came from within because of sin. And then we've willingly sinned, not only born with it, but we've sinned. We wanted that. God said, don't. We did. God said, do, we didn't. That's sin. And sin is missing the mark. We've all missed the mark of perfection, and that's why Jesus came. John 3, 17. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. We were already condemned. We are already helpless. We were needy. We're hanging by a little thread. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be, here's the word, saved. Are you saved today? Have you ever turned to Jesus? Listen to me. Have you ever turned to Jesus and asked him to forgive your sin, to wash you clean, to make you new and right with him? And have you ever put your faith, not just with your head, but with your heart, have you ever put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross alone to be what gets you into heaven? Not plus or minus anything. And have you ever made Jesus, not only you you ask him to be your savior, but you ask him to be your Lord to come in, to take residence, and you give over yourself to him. You see, you don't just say a little prayer and then continue to lead the life that you want. None of us are perfect. None of us will ever be perfect this side of heaven. But when a person gets saved, God begins changing that person. And if you said a prayer 20 years ago and you're no more different now than you were then, my friend, I love you. I'm telling you the gospel truth. You're no more a Christian than Satan. You said a prayer. Jesus changes. Do you know him today?
If you don't, today's the day of salvation. We're going we're gonna to pray together as a church. And I want to challenge you, if you are not a Christian, or if you're here today and you struggle, you struggle with your salvation. Maybe you're here today, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you struggle. You wonder if you've committed the unpardonable sin. You're struggling. Satan's trying to mess with you. Listen, you don't have to keep on wondering every night your head hits a pillow where you would spend eternity. Let's take care of it today with heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you look? If you will, you'll live. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Please forgive me. Cleanse me of all my sin. We both know. We both know. I believe you died for me because you love me. I believe that you rose again. And I believe that hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. Now teach me how to live. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. With heads bowed.